This is Advantage Insight, where we roll 2d20s. Hey, how many times can I re-roll these? Welcome to Advanced Insight. My name's Wayne. I'm Alex. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, thanks for listening. Oh, hi there. And um, yes, this is Alex. Actually, Alex on the show. I'm going to keep doing this until we're... I, I show up often <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, for everybody who's been listening, um, you know, you've probably heard some of our uh, Face of the League um, episodes recently. I hope everybody's been enjoying those, getting mm-hmm. to know <clears throat> the administrators. And um, we've... You know, we, we've had a really good run. We're we're on episode thirty something now. I think it's going to be thirty two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sure. <laughs> and uh, we are actually coming up on a year of recording, which is uh, which is pretty crazy. It's it's going by pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Older. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so one of the things I want to do just uh, some a couple of quick announcements um, for those people you know who who aren't local to us. Um, Alex and I are a part of a new organization called Adventuring Zone. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is our goal is to really to bring um, more D&D content and more D&D community building um, to the local, well, we live in Toronto. And it's a pretty cool endeavor because I, I feel like it's something that we, we needed as a city and we need to really get, you know, everybody's really excited about D&D and someone's determined like, oh, where do I get to play and what can I do? And and where's organizing and when's the next convention? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's connecting the right people, right? Is, is, is really what it comes down to. And, um, no, it, it's, it's looking really excited because there, there is actually a huge player base. It's just, they don't often talk to each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you may see and see a little bit and, and hear more about that stuff that we're, we're doing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously if you don't live in our city and in, in the nearby areas, uh, it's not gonna be as useful to you, but uh, we're going to have some online resources. We're going to have things that hopefully are useful to everybody. Yeah. And we're going to try to make those available as easily as possible. Um, next thing is um, convention. So Anime North. Yes. Um, so those who come to Toronto for um, the annual uh, charity anime convention at the end of May. Um, so if you're listening to this, uh, we'll be there um, with a few other of our, our friends. Mm-hmm. Running some uh, D&D AL stuff, some introduction to D&D stuff um, for some of the new players and for some of the, just the con goers. And hopefully we'll draw a nice crowd there and and just bring some new players in. Yeah, I know. It looks good. And there's a fair few signups already. So yeah, um, about 20 something signups or so, 20 something people. So looking like a good crowd. Yeah. Um, We've got some, some brand new people. We've got some more. Uh, seasoned players. We've got a couple of things split up there just to give a, a good diverse amount of, of stuff for people to play. I'll, uh, I'll try not to kill any tier one players this time. <laughs> um, just kind of going forward, we do have a convention, uh, sorry, a game day coming up in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just trying to nail down a date. <clears throat> Our events coordinator is actually uh, in the middle of that. We're just discussing some of the events. We have a Fan Expo mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning of September, um, QCC, um, hopefully do something in November. I've got a couple people asking about <laughs> what, Hey, what do you, where are you going in November? I'm like, I don't yeah, know. There's like, what about that month? <laughs> <laughs> there's like 12 conventions in November and, uh, yeah. And, um, we're going to give some plug plugs to some of the other conventions coming up. Yeah, um, for sure. Next episode, just 
as we get into the summer episodes. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, finally we've got, um, convention created content coming up. Mm -hmm. So adventuring zone will be, um, kind of trying to bring that all under one umbrella Mm -hmm. to try to help uh, people get, you know, some street cred and some credits on it and get some writing credits. There's actually been a few people who approached us to talk about it. And, uh, we're hoping for next year's conventions, we're going to have something like that, um, going forward. So we'll have enough time to get all that prepped. But today, what Alex and I actually wanted to talk about um, was a topic we've thought of recently, but I think it's been kind of on our minds a little bit because this is something that we're actually sitting down and going through. Well, yeah, it's, it's been coming up more and more both at the table, but also just uh, you know the, 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 the amount of it. Absolutely. So a, a couple of weeks back, I spoke with the other Alex about the Unearthed Arcana uh, class features. And if anybody's been following along um, this year, they've noticed... Not only has it been a lot of classes, but there's a lot of being even revisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things have been out long enough that there's <laughs> yeah, a rata yeah, to yeah, the stuff like that they put you're, out. You're unearthed can as a rata two weeks ago. <laughs> it's fantastic. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about adding new content, adding new player options uh, to your campaigns mm-hmm. um, beyond the published things. Yeah. And when I, I when I mean adding new content, I actually mean anything beyond the player's handbook that the the DMG, the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, and the Monster Manual. Mm-hmm. So that actually includes some of the stuff like uh, the Sword Course Adventurer's Guide, Volo's Guides, even the storyline stuff is adding new content. And while it's not always player options, but you do get some of that in there. Oh, yeah. So let's start off. I mean, from my understanding and from, from general understanding is D&D is robust as a game enough to basically go player's handbook and one other set of options recently on, um, on dragon talk, um, Jeremy Crawford spoke about how multi-classing rules work. And they said that there's a certain amount that they took into account when they did multi-classing, but not every single other option out there. So when you look at the unearthed, that kind of stuff, you notice that they haven't given any multi-classing options. It's not like I'm a fighter now and I'm gonna go into this other <laughs> this other class. Yeah, like, Path of the Storm Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. It, it's still a barbarian. Yeah. But it's not like you can go in they didn't give you options for multi-classing into a mystic yeah. or uh, an artificer. So, Alex, for your campaign, I know your players are not as um not as learned in, in the campaign because they're relatively new. But have you tried or has anybody come to you and be like, we want to see new options? Actually, for for that campaign, not as much. Um, we're mostly sticking with um, the player's handbook and uh, just I, I'm I'm modifying the adventure as we go just because there's a few bits in, uh, in it that I think can be a little bit more fun. So I'm punching them up a little bit. Um, but not, not a lot of requests there. But again, it, it's probably more just because they don't know the options. Mm-hmm. Um I think it, it's where where you know you and I have seen a lot of it lately is is in the at, at the table we play at, mm-hmm. um, you know in, intentionally so for uh, for a bit we were running, running through some play testing there and it was, well, what are we trying out this week? <laughs> let's let's see what kind of combination works and let, let let's give some of this stuff a go, um, but then that that group that we play with there is does check in once a week <laughs> to see what what's popped up on an Earth Arcana and that kind of stuff. So just giving our, our listeners a little bit of a, a, a background, um, 
a few weeks back, we swapped over DMs. This was kind of following or right before, right around the time we did our burn, burnout episode, I think. Yeah. Um, that would have been a few weeks ago now. And um, so what has happened is basically we've come into this new campaign and the DM has said, you know, I'm open to these options. It's fine. Um, so out of the players, I mean, <clears throat> you have selected a, a Kensai monk um, goblin. Yeah. So not only you are barely playing in the player's handbook <laughs> yeah, anymore. Pretty much. Um, and um, my character is a mystic. Um, so I'm not even playing in the player's handbook anymore. He's human, but I'm not playing in the player's handbook anymore. Um, so um, we've kind of gone outside of those. And I'll, I'll ask you first, and then maybe I'll answer, but what made you go and select something completely you know out of range um i wanted to try something new <laughs> um i i mean i i i enjoyed i enjoyed some of the stuff out of volos uh for the different uh different races to try out um my azamar had a terrible habit of bursting like those angelic wings and then dying immediately afterwards pretty much every or getting knocked out the second that happened um uh, but it was it was just something else to give it a go. I mean, there there's a pretty wide amount of stuff in the player's handbook. It's not like it's it's starving for content there. Um, but it's just oh, let's give it a go. And like for Volos, well, I bought the book, <laughs> so I may, <laughs> I may as well get some use out of it. Um, and then the the Kensei stuff just seemed neat. Mm-hmm. So but what what about you? I mean, like I I I know the answer for you is just where can I get my psionics? I shall go to the place I can get my psionics. Thank you for the psionics. <laughs> uh, pretty much. I mean, I, I'm I'm playing a character that I thought up in in second edition, um, that sort of was inspired by like superhero stuff. So it's <laughs> fifth edition psionics is kind of does that. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, because I I've DM'd quite a bit recently, I I don't I haven't gotten to play. I mean, the character concepts and the character concepts I do have, um, I, I've used them for Adventures League characters. Yeah. So I, I have, you know, four or five Adventures League characters and they've followed certain concepts that I've put together in fifth edition and, and played. And I'm like, oh, I really like this. I like how this is put together. So talking about that is basically as you look at it, you know, it's not like the player's handbook is you know, lacking in options. Yeah. Maybe in a few classes, there's there's not as many options, but it's not lacking in options. But if you go on the forums, you do see a lot of people are clamoring for additional options. Now, I, I don't for a second um, believe that, oh, everybody wants new options. I mean, Wizards is pretty smart. They, they know when to release and when not to release. <clears throat> you know, it's not Splatbook of the Month, um, as some people will say. Um, the loudest people say, but... You know them and their four ga- four gamers in their game group. Hmm. Uh, they don't make up the entirety of of us, and you know they we just take a lot of surveys, but they do release options. And with the release of so many new unearthed arcana options in such a such a short period of time, you wonder you wonder if it's maybe that th- there is enough call now to do that. But it causes issues. It causes problems because number one. The DM has got to learn these new options. Mm. Even if they're not going to be playing them, they need to be slightly aware of them, right? Um, you know, I come from the the background of the player must know the char- must know your character, right? Yeah. So if you're looking up stuff in the middle because you don't know your character, you shouldn't have picked that option. You should have learned it a little earlier. Um, that, that's what I believe. 
But the DM should also sort of know because as much as you want to come in and surprise the DM and be like, ha, I caught you. That's just being playing very adversarial. If the DM knows what you can do. It is on the ODM to give you the opportunity to shine. Yeah. But if you're just using official content, now you've got to learn the player's handbook, Volos, and Sword Coast Adventures Guide. And you could pick options from all three of them. And um, Elemental Evil, too, if you want the elemental spells. Right. Or maybe a race from in there. Yeah, yeah. I- so that's, that, that's quite a bit of information um, to swallow. And... Some DMs will say, no, player's handbook only. and But then you and I have both sort of seen it where like people kind of rile against that. Well, especially, especially when it's, it's official. Like you, you, could, you could make, and I, I'm using air quotes, so I'm sure everyone listening can see. Um, uh, Unearthed Arcana, I, you know, they, 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 state out, they state outright on every one of those, this is a play test. You know, this is, this is, we're, this is not balanced. We're working through it. So, uh, okay. There's the conceptual argument about not wanting to use those, but if it's, if it's published and like, I've got the printed book in my hand and it's got the Dungeons and Dragons logo on the side and it's wizards. Why can't I use this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I do actually do hear, we do hear that a lot in adventures league. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of step back and, <clears throat> and explain. So in adventures league, um, player's handbook is always an open option, mm-hmm. but they have an, they have a rule saying it's, PHP plus one. So you're allowed to use the player's handbook and one other book to create your character. You can't mix and match from the three additional options that, that Wizards have given us so far. You can only pick one. So if you pick uh, a race from um, Elemental Evil, you can't go and then turn around and go to um, Sword Coast Legends, oh, yeah, Sword Coast I, Adventures. I, my, 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 my current goblin would not be allowed. I mean, A, a because the um, Underth Arcana is not allowed in, in AL, but uh, mm-hmm. let, let's say I went to Sword Coast Adventures to do like a Monk of the Long Death or something like that. Right. Then that, that wouldn't work. And I, I know that a lot of players, at least vocal players, get very upset about that. It's like, why can't I do this? And my th- Understanding is that <clears throat> D&D is sort of built a- around that. It, it's not that something will completely break and destroy, but yeah. when the designers are designing something, they're not trying to design, well, let me design Volos and see how it works against the Sword Coast Adventures guide and against Elemental Evil. Like It wasn't meant to do that. It was meant, let me compare it to the player's handbook, which is the core mm-hmm. rules that people have received and, and know, and they've learned. So a DM does not have to pick up everything because mm-hmm. they're not trying to mix and match certain things. Does the mix and match break stuff? I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's pretty well internally balanced. Um, I mean, I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah there, there, there's there's some highs and lows in there, but but I mean, on the whole, there, there, I don't think right now there's one particular must create build to overpower everything. Um, but I, I mean, you know, the the the, the power gamer is definitely a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's all right. We're we're kind of screwing every possible advantage here, and then that, that, that there's to be honest, there, there's there's a bit of fun in that because you're you're trying to figure out how the system works. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially for AL, when it's you're sitting at a table potentially with other new players, it can be a poor experience for them. Exactly, and I have no particular opinions on this. I mean. I can do the power gamer thing and I can do everything else. And that, that PHP plus one rule doesn't particularly bother me or, or 
irk me in any particular way. It's just a way to build a character, really. Well, yeah, and like, like as a DM, I'd I'd rather have a table of power gamers than I can just gear towards that, right? So it's 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 you know fine. You're you're all you're all on a particular curve, no problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can accommodate. Right, right. So. The other thing about when we talk about adding content and this, let's dip a little into the unearthed arcana here. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people are, are pretty good with that is now you're talking about unbalanced rules and specifically we're talking about power creep, mm. right? And anybody who's listened to the show knows that we talk about riffs. And, yes. Um, oh, that. There, there is... Um, I think there's like an example or two of of power creep in, in said riffs. I, I think if we were to do some digging, we could probably find some books that you know were stronger than others as time went on. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, every single one. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> chronologically. <laughs> Must be bigger than the last. Yeah. More, <laughs> more MDC. So when we're talking about power creep, um, for the people who kind of don't kind of understand that that terminology is basically as time progresses. Um, things get more powerful compared to the original. And that can be said, especially about maybe some of the things that they've learned in, in D&D. And I think, I'm trying to think of the, a really good example, but let's say the revised Ranger. Yeah. The Ranger overall, the original Ranger overall, was one of the lowest classes um less least picked least liked you know from surveys blah 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 and this new ranger while not extremely more powerful has sort of given a a significant power boost Mm -hmm. damage output um to this ranger and when i talk about damage output i know that people argue well the the ranger does a lot of damage take away um, hunter's mark from the original ranger and tell me how much damage it does, <laughs> and you'll understand what you, you'll understand that the the math that someone is doing is maybe not correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, with this new ranger, without hunter's mark, will stand up in terms of power level and damage level and damage output and usefulness to some of the other classes who might have done a lot more damage before. So, I mean, that that's an issue, and and you know we, we see that in more than just just in D&D. So just to digress a little bit, I know that one of the major problems that you've had with Warhammer oh, is this yeah. power creep. Well, yeah, I mean, the codex, The I mean, yes. <laughs> um, more recently, it's it's been a little better, but I mean, um, in 5th and 6th, um, you know, as as a, the new book came out, you know, and, you know, th- there's, this, this is actually true in D&D as well, that there is some argument in to say that, well, it's just because it's new and people aren't used to playing it or playing against it. I mean, Warhammer being more like it's it's a it's a one v one effectively game. So I, I've not played your rules. I don't know how to deal with them strategically, and then people adapt after a while. So okay, fine. But there was definite cases of harder hitting or more special rules or or advantages floating in there. And then the idea might be that well, okay, so so my Space Marine Codex is now two years old, and the next update it will get the boost to match up to your Necrons, for example. But I gotta wait. <laughs> I gotta wait. Um, in D and D, we see with uh, and 
So some some of it's just well, how is the thing supposed to work? So there, there's some new stuff that comes out. Let me play around with it. To your point before, the DMs may not be quite ready for it, um, and so and so how do how do they react? I mean, we we were doing one of the rounds. I was doing the uh, the bar, the Path of the Storm Barbarian with uh, you know automatic lightning damage every round while raging to one creature within ten feet of you is a thing. <laughs> like it's it's effectively an extra attack. An extra attack that you automatically hit. Yeah, auto auto hit, and all all you get you get a was it a con save, but then it's half damage. But you're taking damage one way or the other. Yeah, I think the other example that I can think of in terms of maybe not power creep, but I I feel in D anD D the power there's there's not as much, but there is a difference in philosophy from the two years that they developed D anD D to today. And I think actually the biggest example is the Asmar. So in the DMG, there's an Asimar. There's a build. It's built sort of like the Tiefling. It's basically a sacred Tiefling. That's yeah, <laughs> it, it, it basically is. But now in Folo's Guide, that quote-unquote, you know, holy Tiefling, like holy half-planar touched thing, is completely different. Is it more powerful? Hard to say. But it does have an additional power that didn't ex- originally exist oh I, I like it a lot better though it, like the 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 character for it is uh a lot i don't know just cooler <laughs> true and it's basically they took away the quote-unquote tiefling magic yeah and put in a different ability is that more powerful that doesn't say necessarily but you can see there's a di- um design philosophy shift in there to make them more than just the good side of of a, a plane plane touched creature so you know as we get more options in the game does it get more difficult for the dm to handle or are we going to see power creep that's a it's a big question for someone well yeah no and i mean it, you know it, it's it's happened in past with D, <laughs> but um they they they, they seemed I, I don't know I, I feel they have a pretty good handle on it right now and i'm very heartened by the amount of survey that goes on um i mean they they, they put this content out they do uh, extensive surveys after the point where it's just like, because what was what was what was packaged with the the um, the warlock? It was warlock and sorcerer that came at the same time. I can't, I, I can't remember now. The, the, yeah. the, whatever the other class was, mm-hmm. I wasn't playing, and I went to do the survey, and there was like just a billion questions you had to answer about it. I'm like, well, I didn't do that one. So <laughs> an A and A and A and A and A. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, when when you look at it. When you're adding, so you're now adding options to the game. You're adding new player content um, to the game. You know, it, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. And while we do trust the company to do a good job, I mean, maybe there's a combination that's broken because we didn't see it or it may not have existed. Um, you know, who, who knows? I mean, there is a set power level that we've come to expect, and when you break through that power level. Who knows? Oh, but at the very least, they, they are playtesting and taking the info, though, right? I mean, I mean, we we talk about riffs, and I mean, you know, was it uh, wormwood, right? Like, you know, sort of. Oh, look, it's an apoc. They're basically invulnerable. Like, oh, it's a player character with was it two hundred and fifty MDC or something like that with that stupid mask they got to wear. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, so it, it, I mean, the, the, that I think has the most egregious examples of. Hey, here's a normal human who can die to gunfire. Hey, here's this near omnipotent super powerful being that requires you know i don't know a planet dropped on it <laughs> before it's gonna die or like the the not the cyanites the one the cosmic knights the the ones from um 
uh, the, the second dimension book. The, oh, right. Um, they, they can fly around through space. Yeah. And like, yeah. We weren't affected by hard radiation and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those you know, those guys. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're a player class. Yeah. Totally fair. Totally <laughs> even. <laughs> well, and, and so, and so then there, there, then there becomes a thing where, so do, do you, do you restrict like if you end up with a bunch of overpowered options, right, then then do you say, all right, so if we're going to use these, hey, everybody, you're going to want to focus over here because otherwise, you know, Bob's going to just run away with this and it may not be as much fun for everybody else. But then how do you restrict it? Well, there's the thing. So does it become a conversation where it's at the table? So, you know, we've got some interest in playing this whatever overpowered thing uh, and and you mean you'd be as respectful towards it as you can be um but that may impact how our campaign goes or the game we're going to play i mean that that ties back into the you know setting up your your campaign to begin with this be like all right so who's going to play what kind of a campaign are we looking for here um you know this is kind of where i'm thinking where we're going to go um i think that's where you can set some of those grand rules like i wouldn't really want to pull al specific rules into a home game to be like, well, it's 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 players can handbook plus one. Um, clearly, I break that rule myself. <laughs> but uh, and and I guess we're we're kind of spoiled for choice right now, or rather spoiled that in D and D doesn't have so much so much of that issue. Um, I mean, I certainly see why they do it for AL because again, they're trying to get a certain level of consistency. Um, and and some of the stuff in uh, on Earth Arcana is uh, it's a little OP, but I think by the time it hits publication, it won't be. Because mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, it sure seems like they're t- they're in, in the in the errata that came out last week. Um, they they have tuned a few things down a bit. Yeah, they, and they clarified stuff. Actually, Kensai was one of the things that they clarified. Well, yeah, no, exactly, right. So, because so. <laughs> you were actually looking at one Kensai, and it was like, oh no, that was got. Oh yeah, no, it's like, all right, sweet, I can do this. Oh, I guess I can still do stuff. You can still do <laughs> stuff. It's just pummel didn't make much sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well, and you you get two Kensei weapons to start with, but you can add more as you get more powerful or at level yeah. up. So, okay, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> sure, give me options. Yeah, <laughs> butter, butter, grumble. Well, I think they, they they specify too, like it can be a ranged weapon. So if you take a longbow, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, longbow is the only. For, sorry, we're gonna kick out for a sec. Yeah. Um, longbow is the only heavy weapon you can take that. Um, the new Kansai rules. Otherwise, you would not be able to take any heavy weapons. True, yeah, except that I'm playing a small character, so... Yeah, not the <laughs> best idea. Yeah, no, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> There's a lot of duplicate items, actually, we all use in that party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're all, we're, all, we're all sort of spec this... Or we- weapon and, and armor the same, but... <laughs> no armor. It's well, a short sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right around in a t-shirt and a sword. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um. So just uh, just bringing that around in terms of... Um, you know, adding new rules and stuff like that. How do I put this? We know back in, in third edition, there was like the splat book hmm. explosion and, and this stuff didn't work and this stuff didn't work and this was overpowered. You know, we don't have that, you know, because, well, we do. I mean, you look at the DMs Guild and there's stuff that's maybe not balanced and not tested. That's what it is and, and that's how it happens. But, when you bring it into your own game, what's the what do you feel the filter is for you? Sorry, you mean as a DM or as a player? Both. Um, well, I think as a DM, um, I mean, I guess it depends where you are in a campaign. I mean, if so, if if there's new magic options, for example, new spell choices, cool. Well, there's 
if they if they show up great i mean i i would hope that players are not you know scrapping a character to to write up a new one just based on whatever the flavor of the week is um because that that's i mean again depends a little bit on the campaign i mean that's what exactly what we were doing but we were, we were play testing and so all right let's play test a bunch of stuff um as a player i don't know what we went once once i'm into my character um okay well do i have other options for my guy cool is it is it an archetype that i need to do have picked already and i no longer have access to it because now i'm fifth level oh, cool um it, it's there for the next time around what about you as a dm i tend towards towards being lenient and and how the rules work and i don't find it's usually a big problem because you know our, our players in general are <clears throat> they're either testing something or they're they're just kind of having some fun with with certain things yeah there was that time when um, the other Alex was playing, you know, um, a mystic, and he kind of ran roughshod over everybody else's abilities, and and not because you know he's being an ass. It's just he had abilities to cover everything. <laughs> he just does that naturally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you know, he, he kind of ran roughshod because he was able to do everything. He was able to accomplish everything um, that he wanted to do and do different powers and, and mix things together. Oh, was this Jungle Fever? Yes, it was Jungle Fever. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, he had a character named Jungle Fever. <laughs> Ran around in a loincloth. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, there are those things that, that do occur. Is it balanced yet? Is it wrong? Is it right? You know, for me, I would judge basically based on everybody else's reaction. You know, if everybody's still having fun and not minding it, okay, are people having a problem? With it, yeah, and I mean, I I put that filter more on the DMs Guild stuff, where it's you know, it, it it's effectively someone's homebrew that they've that they've written up, hopefully nicely. Um, but that that's the one where it's like, okay, so let, let, let's play it out, and maybe we make some adjustments to it on the fly if something either seems way too over or underpowered, or you know, do do you have that one awesome ability, but there's an off there's a negative offset somewhere. As 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 long as that as long as there is some kind of balance there, okay, cool, but. I, I I'd be much more comfortable saying no to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, generally don't you don't want to like let people try it out, but if it's obviously broken, actually, um, during the campaign when Gerald was running playing his witch hunter, yeah, um, that was Dan's campaign. Yeah, um, the witch hunters, you know, the balance level. There's a problem there, um, even just mixing player's handbook and, and that there wasn't some issues yeah. there. Um, you know, for people who love the witch, I think it's called a blood hunter now. Um, you know, sorry, but you know, we, we ran through it and you know, that character got quite a bit more powerful because there was a, a large power creep in, mm-hmm. in built into that character. So, you know, I looked at it and said, you know, it's, um, it's good for you. It's good for the party. Um, but no, it is broken. I mean, it's that's not how it is. So, what is it now? I don't know because I haven't downloaded it. Since yeah, then. no, it, it, I know, I know. There's been revisions to it, but yeah. um, well, it used to be called Witch Hunter. Now it's called the Blood Hunter, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I mean, D, DM's Guild. You know, it, it it's very. To be honest, it, it's a little iffy to me. I see a lot of great content on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but when we talk about about player options, uh, I'm very, very wary. Um, you know, just because it's it, it hasn't gone through the same level of testing as as some of the other stuff, and um, 
you know, even looking at non-wizard stuff, it's not that, you know, Cobalt Press and other people don't know how to write 5th edition. I, I don't know why, but I am a little bit against those options as well. Mm. Um, just because it's hard to get a feel before you play. And then once you start playing, you feel bad about removing options, you know. And and that kind of leads to my last point is, is it better to let options in and slowly have to weed them out or just be like, there's no additional options and then slowly add them in as you go? I, I to be honest, would be inclined to the former to uh, to let it happen and then and see where it goes a bit and, and until you get to a spot where you're comfortable saying no to some things from the outright like you know if there's some particular author on DM's Guild that you know some of your players have tried a few of that person's uh, characters in there and they they all tend to be on the overpowered side then it, you know what is it oh it's a John Smith thing yeah you know what we're not going to use those because you know he's he's <laughs> He's he's right to give player advantage, not for uh, necessarily good gaming, you know that that sort of thing. Um, and just so everybody's clear, we're, we're not talking just about overpowered, but underpowered as well. Because oh, absolutely. That that will cause the same problem because if this is a team game, this is a group game. So if someone is woefully underpowered, then they're going to feel bad, and the party's going to feel bad. The same as if there's one part person that's overpowered. Well, yeah, because I mean, you, you know, you never want that scenario where it's like, all right, so the party goes to fight the thing, and I'm going to go over here and hide for a bit, <laughs> and maybe throw a dart. Yeah, pretty much. And, and that's just sort of where it it breaks down. And and for me, I like I said, I, I'm pretty lenient with with those rules, but I tend towards stuff that's wizards only. Um, you know. You're not going to pick something from a published book, then run it by me first. Yeah. Um, just because I need to know how it integrates. So if you're picking, you know, if you're picking the artificer with the gun, and I don't allow gunpowder or guns in my campaign, yeah. the, you, you do know the player that's going to be like, oh, but I want to play this. And I'm like, well, it doesn't fit. So no, I'm not going to, it's not allowed. And you feel bad, but it's also like, no, I, I mean, there's a certain um, there's a certain campaign uh, and certain style that I'd like to see. And well, yeah, because I mean, like, what what if what if you're running an Ebron campaign, right? So I mean, you, you've, even with the, the sketches for Fifth that exist for it, I mean, like, you, you would expect to see different stuff there. That 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 gunslinger may work much better in that setting than if you're going to do. Well, actually, no, Greyhawk's got a gunslinging god, don't don't they? Um, but then in in Forgotten Realms, right? So. Mm-hmm. That that kind of stuff makes sense, and, and especially for a game as diverse in in terms of in terms of world space as D anD mean, like if you're wandering through Planescape, right? And so, yeah, this is the center for a bunch of different freaking dimensions. So, who knows what'll wander through over there? Um, which isn't to say they can't make their way to Toril as well. But if if you're focused on a more of a fantasy, high fantasy uh, campaign. Yeah, you, some of the, some of those options may not be may be right for that, mm-hmm. but then the next time we're going to play something different, and that's totally welcome at the table. Yeah. So I feel Alex and I have I've wandered around this topic and really rambled a lot. <laughs> so the same thing we do every time. All right, basically. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's no there's there's no answers or anything that we're going to try to give tonight. Yeah, no, it's not and, a. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're really just trying to talk out some of the pitfalls that I think we we felt with these different options. Um, 
because it's really cool. Everybody wants to play them. Everybody wants to play something new and shiny, um, but also to be aware and be cautious of of the of the ways that not that they may derail your campaign, but the contention that might lead into using them. Yeah, and I mean it's it it's the same the same adage, the same the same advice you give for almost any of these situations is talk about it. Right. I mean, like it, it's generally these kind of things can be solved with a conversation rather than like a, you know, declaration and then an argument. You think. Yeah, well, g- generally, <laughs> generally. But that's basically it for our topic tonight. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so if you want to reach us and, uh, you know, want to yell at us. Uh, vehemently. So, Alex, how do people reach you? <laughs> well, <laughs> you can tweet at me at Invisible Cleric if they really want to. <laughs> and uh, you can always email us, advantage, um, advantage to insight at visionary.ca. That'll go directly to us. Um, we have a Twitter, ADV underscore TO underscore insight. And you can always visit on the Misdirected Mark um, webpage. Mm-hmm. Advantage to insight is a Misdirected Mark production the media arm of encoded designs (laughs) thank you everybody for listening tonight and i hope uh, our rambling didn't completely drive you crazy and be like i'm gonna rip up every single one of my splat books please don't (laughs) do that and if you do send me the um the volos guide one with a nice cover you can send that to me before you uh you rip up the rest of them (laughs) but other than that everybody have a great day have a great night thanks for listening bye everybody